You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. And tonight, we are... You are plugged in and listening to the Queen of Podcast. I am your host, Josh Mitchell, and I just want to thank you for coming and hanging out with me this week. Uh, the, these podcasts have kind of grown to something amazing and I am so glad to be able to share these experiences with you and uh, get the the queens that we all look up to and love to pieces on this to chat about their experiences uh, in the queendom and with you guys. This week we are joined by another guest. You would have seen it in the title. We are sticking with our theme of Bliss 1.0 en route to the Bliss reunion. Uh, (laughs) But this week we are joined by Seymour, uh, Miss Caitlin Tipping, and this episode is a really fun one. I absolutely love sitting down with Caitlin and having a chat to her about her time in the Queendom. Um, it is one of the more, I guess, emotionally charged episodes, I guess, that we've done so far, and that's where I'm kind of hoping we can take things. So guys, stick around, because the episode coming up after our normal intro is absolutely amazing. Make sure you follow us on all social medias. And uh, subscribe to this podcast. That's a big thing as well. But until then, guys, let's get down. Here we go. I'm the queen of the castle. Get down, you dirty rascal. Get down. Hey, queens, and welcome back to the Queendom Podcast. This week, we have the wonderful Seymour from Bliss 1.0, Caitlin Tipping, here with me. Hey, Caitlin, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Now, Caitlin has listened to the podcast before, which is just so exciting. Um, So what's it like to have your own episode now? I'm honoured. This is like, I feel very honoured to be part of this. It's so cool, though. Like, obviously, you've had the girls on, like, Alicia and Hazel and, like, even just listening to, um, like, Grace and stuff you've had on before. I was like, whoa, he wants me? (laughs) Okay. No worries. Oh. I'll set aside some time. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're very honoured. Wonderful. Well, um, let's get stuck in with these uh, icebreaker questions, I think we can call them. Um, Disney or Pixar, which do you prefer? Oh, it's got to be Disney. Yeah. The classics. Got to go with the OGs. Yeah. Um, if you could be any Disney princess, who would you be? Oh. And why, even to make this question harder? Oh. Um... Oh, you really stuck it right in the beginning yep. there, didn't you? Hundred um, <laughs> percent. I I'm gonna go Elsa. Does she count as a princess? Yes, she is does. She queen, is she queen princess? You know, like she's she's like she's her own girl. She she doesn't need no man. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I love that. That's a perfect way to start. Um, red or pink? Pink. Pink. Wonderful. All right. Now I've got a vibe of who you are. There we go. All right. Uh, We've shaken things loose. Um, so, so- <laughs> <laughs> what was your introduction to theatre? So, how did you get into performing and doing this whole thing professionally? Um, it's kind of a it's a funny story. When I was younger, I was like the biggest tomboy. Like you couldn't convince me to wear a skirt or like dress up girly or do anything that was like considered girly. And um, one of my best friends at the time, I was in like primary school, so I was like, I don't know, 
10 or something and one of my best friends um was starting at this Amdram theater company and it was that thing with mums being like well my daughter's going so she needs a friend to go so your daughter has to go now too so I got dragged along to it and it was just like not my thing at all like I really didn't want to do it but I knew that it was like to help out my friend and we had rehearsals and the first show that this company was doing was um, Aladdin and they had like all these auditions and like starting to learn the music and stuff and I literally was like obsessed with it straight away I was like this is so fun like I'm really enjoying this and then my friend hated it and left like before the show even started so it turns out like I found what I liked and she decided she hated it um and then yeah I literally have her to thank for my whole career because if it wasn't for that then I wouldn't have done Amdram as a kid and then I wouldn't have like discovered schools that could teach me full time and like yeah yeah, it all led off from that strange little helping of a friend yeah so leading (laughs) up to your professional kind of career what was your favorite amateur production that you were a part of um well in uh in college when we were studying full-time just before I graduated um we did Legally Blonde which I loved like it was so much fun and I remember speaking to my uh singing teacher who was the principal of our school and we were in a singing lesson and she was like so Caitlin um the auditions for Legally Blonde are coming up. Um, do you know who you're auditioning for? And I was like, oh, I don't really know, but I'm probably more of a Vivian, if anyone. And like, I'd love to be Elle. And she was like, you are not an Elle. And I was like, oh, I know, I know, I get it. And then I always listen back to that recording from the singing lesson. She's like, you are not an Elle. And I ended up being Elle. And it was like- I was going to say, I saw your name next to Elle somewhere when I was doing some research. It's like, where's this story going? <laughs> It was so much fun. And like, honestly, that's the hardest role I've ever had to do. That's a yeah. mammoth. It's, like, a, it's a pretty big role in a show. Yeah. Miss L. <laughs> like one of the best Amdrams in training performance. Yeah. So what yeah. would, did, did you go to uh, college for theatre? Yeah. So yep. there's a technical drama school in Edinburgh, where I'm from in Scotland, um, that does three year musical theatre dance acting courses um and yeah I I found out about that through living in Edinburgh and like connecting to like drama people in Edinburgh and then found out about that and then auditioned to get into there and then it was really helpful like not having to leave home and like still being able to train with the comfort of like still being in Scotland so yeah I went there for three years I graduated in 2018. Amazing um so Another side of kind of the professional world that I think people either don't understand or don't know a lot about is the whole agent side of things. So how did you yeah. go about finding yourself some representation to branch out into the professional world? Um, so I was really lucky that my uh, college actually offered a London showcase. So we rehearsed this showcase for a good few weeks in preparation to then take it down to the Soho Theatre in London. And um we had an in-house agent in in our college that was like a connection, like middleman for us and for other oh, agents. Oh, that's really good. There. And she would like invite them all to see us. And like, she made a whole um, like booklet that had all of our headshots and our CVs and stuff in that for everyone to get at the showcase. Um, and yeah, it was a case of that they would invite lots of different agents and whoever turned up was like 
there to see your talent and decide whether they're interested um but I was actually really really lucky in that one of my teachers one of my acting through song teachers had like put in a sneaky little good word for me with <laughs> with a really good agent that I was really interested in um and they ended up coming on on his behalf and like seeing me because of his recommendation and yeah it was they they liked me and they they signed me so I was very very lucky that way Wonderful. had a lot of people <laughs> yeah that's great that's it's it's good when the that process kind of simplifies a little um and because it can be really hard like yeah. I know a lot of my friends do like graduate without representation and like go into the world struggling to find but you don't necessarily need one straight away I was yeah. just very lucky to, but it can be very hard yeah 100 percent. all right let's move on to the reason we're here which is six okay. so what <laughs> was your introduction to the show so did you see the show before you auditioned or were you auditioning blind um so I I didn't see it in the west end and I actually still haven't seen it in the west end but I did see it in um in Edinburgh because it's where I'm from and when it did the fringe run um and literally so when have you ever been to Edinburgh fringe I have not I haven't been to Edinburgh so Let's. Oh I've got to, to. I haven't been to the UK, so I've got to like tick that part. I'm gonna to have to come over and see all of you guys and just like travel around to see everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, when this is all over, that's the first thing you need to plan. There we go. <laughs> um. But yeah. So in in Fringe in Edinburgh, it's crazy. Like the whole city just like blows up, and it's just like drama and theatre and like creatives, and it's just there's so much going on. So as a theatre the kid, you're like, I'm literally. <laughs> And like people come from all over the world. So it's just like everyone just crammed into this beautiful city. Um, and there's usually just like flyers and posters everywhere. So I had been walking like around town and seeing all these like six posters. And, and a lot of people had been like telling me that it was good. And I knew one of the girls like loosely from the soundtrack, which she was from Edinburgh. And, and people were like, oh, yeah, that's the one that, that she's in. Like that this, she recorded the stuff for it. And um and I was like, okay. And so my best friends like bought us tickets for it. And it was in the underbelly, which is a tent. that's like, it looks like a cow that's upside down. Like, it's really weird. It's so crazy. <laughs> and we went and I actually found the tickets the other day that we had. And it was in August in 2018. And it was nothing like what it is now. But I honestly watched it and was like, turning to my friend every two seconds, like, are you seeing this? I was like, this is genius like I couldn't I actually couldn't comprehend like how smart everything was and like and that was before it's been fully developed into what it is now as well like that was just kind of base legit I was finding its feet (laughs) yeah and it was like it was really simple and like they didn't have the whole stage and, and and stuff it was like it was just a strip of stage that they like would work along and like I was honestly like mind blown by how cool it was and like all the references to like Beyonce and like all that kind of stuff I was just I couldn't believe it and I was watching them because obviously as a like about to graduate performer I was like yeah I I can never be in this show like this is this is next level like they're looking for like elite people here and I was like mind blown so that was the first time I saw it and literally I was obsessed straight away that night I was on my phone like where's the soundtrack let me listen <laughs> <laughs> and I like listened to it for so long afterwards and told like everyone about it yeah amazing um so going from fangirling out at fringe to getting an audition for the show 
what was that process like for you? Um, so, so I got an email from my agent and literally like the, <laughs> the subject was like six Henry VIII's eight wives. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> and, um, and I was, originally I was just like really, really nervous because I had such like high expectations of the show and like, I really, really wanted it. So it kind of just put like loads and loads of pressure on it. Um, but as soon as I got there, it was like the most chilled, like easy, fun thing to be a part of. And and it was way better than any audition that I like had ever done that I didn't really care as much about. Yeah. And like, yeah, I was, I was just like totally honored to be in the room with like the creatives and everyone that they were also like possibly going to hire for it as well. I was just like, we're all here. <laughs> I, and that's what I've heard about the audition process for the show is that it's it's completely different in the way that it's kind of like a come in, chill out because we want to see you in your kind of own aura. We don't want you to kind of freak out and think we're looking for something when we're just actually looking for you. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that threw me the most at the beginning because like you're always taught for normal musical theater because this is a thing it's not really a, it's, it's musical theater but it's not a musical theater show it's a concert yeah. and that's what like I had to really like think about to to like adapt to that because it's easy to do it on stage when you've got like a crowd of people that are like cheering you on but when you're in an audition like you don't know how to play it and they wanted you to play it as a concert in the audition so I had never had a director or or a casting director telling me like look at me in the eye when you're singing and like sing it all to me like I'm your biggest fan and I was like this is so weird like <laughs> I'd never done that before and they they wanted it, us to play it all to the panel which was yeah. like it was cool it's kind it of setting like, you up for going on stage and then having to play it to the audience and be like hey yeah, like we're here <laughs> they, like they want to see how you were like playing to people and and it, and it made such a difference. And also I had never been in, on a, in an audition where like everyone was watching everyone. So it kind of broke the barrier of like not knowing whether you had done it right or like whether you'd done it the same as the girl or like better than the girl before. Like everyone was in it together. So you knew whether she like absolutely smashed that song before you and like you would like be clapping along and like cheering her on. Like, yes, you, you actually like smashed that riff rather than yeah. like, oh, I'm next, like, do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. created, like, a better atmosphere. And it'd be kind of like a really cool, positive, uplifting kind of vibe as well, where even if the person in front of you smashed it, you're hearing everyone else clapping, like, yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, cool, I'm next, Let, let's go, because yeah. that's going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was like, it was like you were watching the show, like, 10 times, just, like, being obsessed with every person that did it. And everyone was so different, like, yeah you'll probably have noticed like every queen is like completely different even though they're playing the same role yeah and like and seeing that in the audition you'd be like whoa I've never ever seen it that way but that's really cool like I actually love that yeah. so it was nice to be able to see different like adaptations of everything yeah so who was the first person you told when you got the call that you got the role um oh <sighs> Well, I think when I when I got it, was that what you yeah. you mean? I was at work, so I think I like snuck away from work and like snuck outside on the phone to my agent, like hello, because she was like, "Can you call me?" And I was like, 
hello like is it happening <laughs> and then she's like yeah you've got it you've got it as Seymour and actually I didn't even know that I was gonna be Seymour because okay. they left it on a really like blank field of like we've seen you for all of these queens but yeah. we haven't like said anything since so I was so like who, who were you seen for um I was seen for <laughs> you're gonna laugh Cleves <laughs> um Howard Berlin and Seymour so I had like okay. all of these okay. as like a possibility that makes sense like yeah all right I was very shocked at the Cleves I'm surprised you're not more shocked but <laughs> I, it was fun yeah I I, I couldn't <laughs> see it it'd be it'd be interesting like it'd be funny very to... different. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be but... great to like get you guys together and like completely swap to see what you guys would be like same cast, yeah. just different roles. <laughs> yeah, that once as a joke in rehearsals, and it was a shambles. We were all over the place, but we tried really hard. A good shot. Um, but yeah, so when I was on the phone, I was like, uh, she was like, you, you've got it, you've got six. And I was like, but who? Like, I don't know who I am. And she was like, Seymour. And I was like, what? I, I did not expect that one at all. I was like, are you sure? Is that right? <laughs> but yeah, it was. And I think after that, I like, was still outside and like snuck on the phone to my mom like it happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome um so going into rehearsals do you have like a process that you head into a show with that you you have like a way of learning material or finding a character like is there a way that you do it specifically um so when I'm like especially with like songs or like my take on a character I really do like to see what other people do at first not to like necessarily like copy or or do anything the same or or like steal anything but I do like to see as many different like versions of of what it is and like see how other people like transfer it on stage and blah blah so I did like have a little look at like how Natalie does stuff and like listen to some covers and like see just to see like how people like take on the song and like the role and things like that um but we also got the script before we went out to rehearsals so I was like reading through the script and you know like trying to get a grip of how I wanted to play some of the lines and that kind of thing and I think especially with Seymour there's kind of like a like everyone perceives her as being like really mumsy and like kind of a bit you know like boring compared to the other girls and I and I really didn't want it to be like that I didn't I didn't want to be like the boring one or like the mumsy one because I don't I don't feel like I'm a very mumsy person but you know I can relate to her on like other things being like a bit like clumsy and like like makes really bad jokes and like that kind of so I wanted to play up on her being like more of a goof than like being yeah. really mumsy. I feel like there's uh, there's so many different levels to Seymour though as well. Like there's that goofy side, like when they even um, refer to it with like the whole Jane can't dance thing. Um, yeah. But then there's the kind of defensive side with the whole um, when I wanted to hold my newborn son, I died. Like that whole. Right. She goes off on yeah. that one. <laughs> I love that scene. It's just like, that's my favorite character switch because you get Seymour kind of, I don't know how you play it, but like in Australia, Seymour's kind of like this up and down and then it just kind of takes off and you're like, whoa, where, where did you come from? Like that was just... 
yeah like she literally just goes off and that was like part of the direction that we got from like Lucy and, and stuff as well in rehearsals especially with that scene like I, I I didn't exactly remember like from Edinburgh like how it was played before or, like what the vibe was meant to be and I would do it and I would think that I was like really going for it and Lucy would be like no like more like I, I want you to really like scream at her and I'm like okay <laughs> Like, it's such a switch up completely of, like, yeah. how she is for the rest of the show. But, yeah, like, learning the script, having a look at, like, how I want to play things, and then really, like, thinking about... Because when we even learn dances, like, we're supposed to dance as our queens. So even though it might be, like, a really cool move that's, like, really hip-hop and, like, whatever, like, Seymour's not cool. Like, she yeah. can't do it, like, how Aragon does it or, like, you know, she's not sexy like Howard. Like, she just looks like a goof. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I, like thinking about that whilst you're learning everything and, like, muscle memory, you know. I really want to see you in this role. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, like, seeing the character come together in my head and I'm, like, I really love this. This is such a... Oh, yeah. I'm, we're going to find a way that I can see it. Um, so, Heart of Stone is that song in this show where everyone's, like, it's almost like take a breath and then you just stand and pour your heart out. Um, so what's that emotional? Cause you kind of come from don't lose your head and then it kind of ends on a high and then it drops straight to the start of Heart of Stone. So what, how did you handle that like kind of emotional transition into that scene? Um, well, obviously in a lot, a lot of like recordings you obviously just like hear the start of the song and, and it's like sad from the beginning but yeah. the monologue like leading into the song is really where I like need to take a beat and just like start to introduce the feeling of the song rather than just like dropping it like straight away yeah um that was kind of part of our our um like rehearsal as well because she like the direction isn't supposed to be like that she's just moaning and like it's not meant to be like a like a A and A session of like, oh I'm Seymour and I'm really sad. Yeah. It's like it's meant to be the opposite of like she's kinda laughing it off to start with, like, hey, what about me? You know, like it's my turn. Like and it's meant to be like positive and then the switch up is supposed to make it more dramatic because you're yeah. kinda laughing along with her and then you realise no she's she's actually talking about a really awful thing. Yeah, which I you'll find in most of the songs, like it's meant to be like a really poppy, like fun thing, but then you actually think about what they're saying, and you're like, oh. yeah, there's different layers. Like throughout the whole show, everything is encased in these layers. Like you look at it on a surface level, it's like this really cool pop concert kind of show, and then you scratch the surface, and you're like, oh, there's some themes in here that are like deep, and then you dig further, and you're like, wow, these people are actually like yeah. hella traumatized, and like yeah, exactly, it's, exactly. yeah. And that's kind of like what, what they wanted to do. So, and especially with it being a lead off of Don't Lose Your Head, like I go so ham in Don't Lose Your Head. Like it's literally my favorite <laughs> thing to do. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, no, pull it back. You can't, you can't go so full out because you're about to sing. <laughs> I'm literally like going for it like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, I actually really struggled with um like emotion, like truly emotionally connecting to Heart of Stone just because like I don't know it it took my own way to find how I connected to it well and, it's a hard and, it's a hard context to kind of 
grasp like if you haven't been yeah. in kind of situation of that type of relationship or losing a child or dying like it's yeah, literally, like, a couple um, of things that you can't really grasp on <laughs> um and when we started to work on it in rehearsals we we did like the, <laughs> it felt so stupid at the time but it was like okay caitlin so lie down and, and we're gonna have one of the girls pretend to be henry and you're you're on your deathbed and and i just didn't connect to it like i'm not on my deathbed and and, I, and i've not had a son and like it, it just didn't I was trying my hardest and like it was yeah. okay but it wasn't like truly connected to it um so it took a while of like really truly thinking about how I can relate the words to something that will actually be meaningful and powerful to me um so instead of like it being me as the mother like I took a lot of inspiration from my own mom and our relationship and and stuff like that so yeah. It took a while, but when it came, like, oh God! What was that Jesus. moment like when it first? When it first, like, because you get those moments where things just click, and it's almost like a rush of emotion. So that for you would have been tenfold because it's like that heavy, deep emotion that would have rushed in. Yeah. So it was it was a private rehearsal. So it was just me and our director and a couple of other people and Joe and and um yeah like. I, I was completely fine. Like, I was like, guys, I don't know how to connect to this. Like, I just don't know how to, and we talked and talked and talked about things. And they were like, okay, just think about what we've talked about and just like, try the song and just look at Stacey. Stacey was one of the uh, ladies that was helping us. And she was like, just look at Stacey and sing it to her as if you're talking to your mum." And I was fine and, and, I, and straight away. And then literally like I started singing and I just like burst out crying. And I was like, so sorry. Like, can we start again? And they're like, no, oh. keep going good like just keep singing through it just keep going and I was a mess literally just like streaming and at the end like all of us just hugged and I was like hyperventilating with tears like it was it just I'm, clicked you've got me oh wow <laughs> yeah I, it's a lot that's wonderful I, I I love hearing those stories um, especially with characters that are so like integral to the emotional arc of a show um yeah. it takes a lot to kind of get into those head spaces and get to those characters and that's so cool that that was your process to do that um so let's lighten things up <laughs> yeah <switch> what, it <laughs> up. <laughs> what what's your favorite piece of cory in the show um oh gosh Ooh. Like dance number as a whole or like certain section? Let's do dance number as a whole and then certain section. Let's go both. Okay, so dance number as a whole, I absolutely love Don't Lose Your Head because I, I do go like so full out. Um, but certain section is probably in in the mega six when we can literally just like do whatever we want but we have like little like choreographed things that like we always do in it. So like in, like in Howard's bit, in our very last mega six we would like all do the robot and like there was just like little bits that we would I don't know it was so stupid and it didn't even like make sense but it was just so much fun yeah um, yeah what did you do during Holbein what was your go-to oh, for Holbein in Holbein I switched it up halfway through the run of the six months because I was like come on Caitlin be more exciting than this <laughs> You've, you've got time to think this through like think of a better move and the girls had such good ones like Rye would always do like this weird thing in front of her face and like 
Candy would always do like a weave pat and like, oh, what else? What did I do? I was very boring. I was like a DJ for one bit and then I did like a good old fashioned like this pump. And then we have like a bit that's like called the Swiss clock that we like stop and it's yeah. like, doo, doo, doo. and like I would always be right in front of the like stage left people and I'd be like staring at them like in a little robot thing. <laughs> and then I'd like start like jam out. Like I loved a bit of robot. Seymour's, you know, she's a gift. She doesn't know how to dance. She just does a lot of robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, do you have a pre-show routine? That yeah, a little bit yeah there we had well obviously there's like the whole getting ready routine but that's extensive and no one <laughs> needs all that this is a, this is a little episode <laughs> but um just before when we're all behind the kabuki um hazel you know and don't lose your head who she has her phone she takes a selfie of it yeah. um hazel would always like take an actual video before each show so she'd be like we have five shows left or we're on show number 52 or something like that and we would all like say something to the camera um and then Alex our MD who is like connected to our stage manager would say through our ears okay stand by for top of show and as soon as it said stand by for top of show I had to go over to Maria who Chanel who was our Maria on the drums and I had to do like a big high five grab it down and like lock it in and if I didn't do that before a show like I literally was stressed like I'm, I'm such a superstitious performer as well like I have every time I do a show I have to like high five every single person in the cast otherwise I'm like stressed as all hell. Uh, so I get you <laughs> one day um well a couple of shows we didn't have the kabuki because it was like too rocky to set up the the curtains um so we didn't have it and we were just to like walk on stage but the band started on stage and I was like I, I can't high five Chanel like I can't go on stage and high five her and then come back off like I'm not gonna be able to do it she's already on stage and like literally everything went wrong that show like it was <laughs> ill and I was like it's because of the high five it, it only takes one thing and you're like this is it I've got to do this every show otherwise I'm gonna fall off and break my leg like that's it so what's your favorite thing about six the musical as a whole Oh God! I'm oh, that's We're going for the hardball questions now. <laughs> um, there's a few things. Can I say a few things? Of course. This is your app. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> um. So, firstly, I absolutely adore the fact that it's a musical that's like come out of nowhere, taken over the whole entire world. Like it's created by young, like people my age that are so so smart and so creative and like innovative in musical theatre and they've done something that's never been done but like so successfully like done it do you know what I mean like I just yeah. think to be part of something that's so new and like everyone adores just to be a part of that and like be like yeah I'm in it too is <laughs> just like I bought this up with Nat when I filmed her episode there's like 78 of you guys that have stepped on stage as a queen like from the beginning to now there's like less than it's less than 100 I'm pretty sure 78 is the right number but like it's such a small group of people when you think of how big the show is yeah literally and like just being able to like meet and talk with like Toby and Lucy and like even our producer Kenny like He's the sweetest guy in the whole entire world. And 
like we're, we're all part of this little family and like everyone cares so much about it and like wants it to do so well and it's just it's so so beautiful to be a part of it um and also just like the amount of people that are in love with it it's just it's so it gives you like such a nice feeling to know that you're so appreciated and even when there's people that have never seen you sing that are like so loving and accepting like it's amazing yeah I, I've, never and I've seen, seen some like it. amazing fan art and that type of thing on your Instagram so what was it like yeah. getting like that first flood of fan activity come through after? I can't believe it <laughs> we were in we were in Tampa in rehearsals and one one morning we were all like sitting in the lunchroom just before we went in and we were like guys are you are you getting all these followers like where is this coming from and we were like yeah like oh my god what's happening and all of us were we did not expect it like we knew that everyone loved the show and we all loved the show but we literally hadn't even been on we hadn't even learned the show yet like we hadn't even done anything and people were so accepting to like love us and appreciate us and follow what we were doing and it was it was so amazing like yeah. You should have seen us when we saw our first posters, like when we were about to get on the ship. Like we all lost our minds. We were coming down the escalator and all of our like posters were lined up at the bottom and we were like, <laughs> nearly crying, like, I'm on a poster. <laughs> it was so cool. That's wonderful. Um so you've been off the ship for a, about a month now, is it? Yeah. So yeah. we got off the eighth of March. So what have you Miss the most since give it, getting off the ship. Missed about like being in the show and yeah, or even just on the ship in general, like ship life, show life. Um, hmm. were you a cruise so she- fan? Would you do another cruise contract? Ship life is very interesting, and it's very like you need to take it with a pinch of salt and I had never done a cruise before so I didn't really like have an experience of it whereas some of our girls did like Nat and um and Bryony and stuff so I I I wasn't a huge fan of living on a ship it it was a lot of rules and there was a lot of your kind of like basic freedom like wasn't so basic anymore like you know and being in the show was like obviously an absolute highlight and and I would have done anything for the show and that was the reason that we were all still there, like, for the show. Like, we're yeah. still here. But it was hard. It was really hard. And I know a lot of people love cruises and, like, would be totally fine doing contract after contract. But it wasn't a huge thing for me. I yeah. wasn't a huge fan. What was the emotions like on the last night of your <sighs> contract? Like, the last show? I was so overwhelmed like there were so many emotions going around my head and like the coolest part of it was that we all knew that we were all going to be on the stage at the very end so like we had we like Nat and Laurie were going to be in costume like we were all just going to like jam it out together and even in the blocking rehearsal that we did before the actual show like we were all welling up like because Hazel did the little speech of being like, this is our last performance. Like, please welcome on our, our understudies and alternates. And like, even when she was seeing that in rehearsal, we were all like, this is it. Like, what, what is going on? And it was just the most electric feeling, like knowing that it was going to be possibly the last time that we ever do it. And just like really embracing it and taking it all in. And but there's always the pressure of like, it has to be perfect because it's the last one. But like, 
oh it was it was it was perfect it was the most amazing thing and like being on stage with all the girls just made everything that was hard in the lead up to the contract and everything yeah. it just made it all that last moment is always like the we finally made it but can we do it again kind of yeah thing? like, like <laughs> kind of the days for like six months and then we're like actually no wait we want more we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> amazing well that pretty much brings us to the end of our episode that is oh. us as a whole um so let me think of one more question to leave us on. Um, if you could take one moment from the show and relive that one moment every day, what would it be? Um, the show, we had a cruise where Toby came on and Toby had never seen any of us perform any of the show whatsoever. He wasn't in rehearsals with us. He had FaceTimed us a few times, but he hadn't seen any of us. And this was maybe like four months in, four, four or five months in. And when you're performing Toby Marlowe's show and he's in the front row, like front and centre, screaming and like filming you in the mega six and like you can just see him with his little hoop earrings and he's like really <laughs> living his life like I honestly was I was like this is it I've made it I've done it it baffles <laughs> me how like um down to earth they are like they don't realize it's almost like they don't realize how big the show is um Literally, like I ran into Lucy in Sydney and I was like thank you for like creating this show she's like what like thank you for turning up like <laughs> Yeah, Girl, like come on and like after the show we all had this little huddle and we had been in a bit of like a down because it was like mid-contract and like we were all starting to like struggle a little bit and him coming on was like the biggest uplift the show completely changed like it was a whole different show that night like that he watched like he only had to say a few words to us and like energy was up and timing was better and like jokes were getting more laughs and like it was amazing. It completely like switched everything up and we were all like having a little huddle at the end after the show. And like, he was like, this is it guys. Like, this is the feeling, like, this is what we've all been working for. Like, I'm, I'm amazed by this. You're amazed by it. Like, we're all just like living our best lives. And that, honestly, like if I could do that every day, it would be amazing. Yeah. Well, that is a wonderful note to end things on here caitlin thank you so much for joining us here on the queen of podcast it has been a pleasure having you um thanks for having me anytime uh and we'll, <laughs> we're gonna try and work on that bliss reunion podcast episode yeah. where we'll try and make it happen i feel like we've got enough support behind it now that we can push it over the edge oh my god a hundred percent there we there. go so anyone listening to this you're hearing it now it's going to happen sometime. <laughs> we don't know when, but it, it's going to happen. Yeah. You guys, if you want to follow Caitlin on any of her socials, I'll leave all the links down in the description box below. As always, you can follow me on the Queendom cast or Oz Queendom if you want to stay up to date with anything going on inside the Queendom. Other than that, Queens, we will see you next Saturday for a brand new episode of the Queendom podcast. Thank you for joining us and we will see you in the next episode. Bye, Queens.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.